0: It has been 2,809 days since Donald Trump first descended that golden escalator and announced his bid for president. And the libs are still trying to lock him up for something, anything. First, they spied on his campaign. When that turned up nothing, they launched a special counsel investigation to nab him for allegedly colluding with the Russians. When that didn't work, they impeached him for allegedly colluding with the Ukrainians. When that didn't work, they impeached him again for allegedly trying to overthrow the government. When that didn't work, they impaneled a grand jury in Georgia to investigate him for allegedly pressuring the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, to challenge the results of the election. That is where we are now. And here is the foreman of that grand jury, Emily Coors, explaining on national television what she hopes will come of the investigation.
1: After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides
0: against bringing any charges after what you've seen?
1: I will be sad if nothing happens. Like that's, that's about my only request there is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers, but i i will be frustrated if nothing happens this was too much too much information too much of my time too much of everyone's time too much of their time too much argument in in court about getting people to appear before us there was just too much for this to just be oh okay we're good bye and if it was just a perjury charge or perjury charges would that be acceptable to you that's fine I will be happy as long as something happens.
0: <laughs> ha ha ha. Ha ha. Something. Anything. It's just taken up so much time and effort, not just for her, for all the libs who have spent now seven years trying to get this guy, each time being foiled like Wiley Coyote. And after this, Grand Jury Foreman's extremely imprudent media tour which could result in the whole shebang being tossed out of court, it looks as though roadrunner Donald has managed to avoid yet another Acme anvil. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Carrie Art 7 who says, This video had so many bleeps you'd think Michael was doing a rap song. No, the difference is that my show is actually subversive to the regime that we're living under, whereas rap music, which pretends to be subversive, is not at all subversive. It actually uh, just promotes and upholds that that, uh, regime most of the time. There were some bleeps in yesterday's show. This is because you know, big tech platforms have all sorts of rules, and they change the censorship rules constantly. And I don't like to be censored. It's kind of funny because I am the most pro-censorship, in principle, conservative, possibly out there. (laughs) I wrote a whole book about it called Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, available now to order. Hello, thank you very much. However, I support just and prudent censorship weird porn stuff, obscenity, threats, fraud, all that stuff should be censored. But I am very opposed to unjust censorship. And so when some big tech platform has some absurd and unjust rule about censorship, I am not going to keep my mouth shut. Even if they threaten to strike my account again, to take down the video, at the very least, I'm going to make clear what the censorship is and then direct you to dailywire.com slash If you want to see the, the raw, uncut, unbleeped edition. I'm like a cool rapper in the 90s. You know, you got to head over there for the 17 plus rated R kind of version of this show. Okay. Now you can do all of that from the comfort of your home. You can also have your propane tank changed from the comfort of your home. That's why you got to check out Cinch. Right now, go to cinch.com. Use promo code Knowles. You need to get a million things done today. If there are ways to help you accomplish your ginormous task list, why wouldn't you jump on that? Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. They deliver propane tanks right to your door. Cinch delivers on your schedule. No long term commitment or subscription is required. Plus, delivery is completely contactless. You don't have to be home to receive the delivery. You can track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. Whether you're grilling, camping, or enjoying a cozy fire on a cold winter night, Cinch's propane delivery service ensures that you have the fuel that you need to make the most of every moment. Go online to cinch.com or download their app to order. New customers can get their first tank exchange for just 10 bucks with promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Go to Cinch.com or download the Cinch app and use promo code Knowles to get your first tank exchange for just $10. C-Y-N-C-H.com, promo code Knowles. The weather is warming up. We're getting ready for a nice grill season. It's a limited time offer. You must live within a Cinch service area to redeem it. Go to Cinch.com slash offer for details. What is the Georgia grand jury even about? I had to remind myself of this yesterday. I said, wait, hold on. They got him now. They're so close to getting Trump again for something. And then, ah, foiled again at the last moment by this this eccentric grand jury foreman. But wait, what are they getting him for now? And the grand grand jury in Georgia is about a phone call on January 2nd, 2021. So just after the 2020 election, it's an hour-long conference call that then-President Donald Trump had with Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. And according to the reporting, it was Trump pressuring the Secretary of State to cheat, to change the results of the election, to hand it to Trump when Biden really won it. That's not what happened. That's not even if you look at, at the details of what the liberals say about this phone call. That's not what they say happened. What the liberals say about this phone call, we have the transcript of it, They say that Donald Trump said this. What I want is this: I just want to find eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes, which is one more than we have. The margin of defeat at that point was eleven thousand seven hundred seventy-nine votes, which is one more than we have. Now, if the if the sentence ended there, you might say, "Okay, well, maybe he's pressuring the Georgia Secretary of State to just make up a number and add it to Trump's tally to steal the election." But that's not where the sentence ends. He says, I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state. He's saying we won the state and the tally doesn't reflect that. Now you might disagree. You might say Trump is delusional. You might say there were no shenanigans in Georgia. You might say that there were no pipes bursting in the middle of the night and that the poll watchers were watching everything. And it didn't take a very long time to count those ballots. And there weren't all sorts of shenanigans in Georgia that. It would appear that there were. I certainly think there were a lot of shenanigans in Georgia. But you might say, oh, I totally disagree with Trump. That's not the point. The point is, what was Trump saying on the phone call? Trump was saying, we won the state, and I want the tally to reflect that. That's a very different thing than saying, we lost the state, but I want you to cheat and pretend that we won it. So the whole non I think, is laughable to begin with. And now we are seeing just how laughable it is when this grand jury foreman, is exposing it as a witch hunt. This woman, Emily Coors, who, who is the top juror now on this grand jury, you, she divulged some information that she probably shouldn't have, not just about Trump, but about all sorts of indictments that may or may not come down. Is it, would you say
1: when it comes to, there are, indi- there are indictments recommended, of course, is it yes. more than 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out, allow for spacing. It's not a short list.
0: Not a short list. (laughs) Did you personally
1: want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. Mm. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump. Of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not a shirtless. She's talking about all sorts of things that she should not be talking about. She's talking about witnesses that they saw. She's, she's describing the witnesses. She said, oh, I found some of them credible. Some of them I found funny, saying all sorts of things she shouldn't say. And then what's that at the end? I just really want to be able to swear in Trump. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be so awesome? This might destroy the entire prosecution case against all of these people. They might have to throw the whole thing out. And then here's the kicker on top of it. The kicker on top, I got to give credit to Jack Pasovic for this. Jack found a Pinterest account that would appear to belong to this woman. And the Pinterest account includes different Pinterest boards about witchcraft. So there's one about wicca, witchcraft, paganism, all sorts of occult weird spiritualist practices, pages and pages of this, which means because all all nature is but art unknown to thee, all chance direction which thou canst not see, what that means is this is a literal witch hunt. <laughs> and it's not a witch hunt in the sense that people are hunting witches. It's a witch hunt in the sense that witches are hunting Donald Trump. It's an actual you can't even if you if a Hollywood scriptwriter turned this into a producer, the producer would reject it for being too outrageous and too on the nose. They would say, oh no, this grand jury foreman character, this is too absurd. This would never really happen. They would never say these things on national television. She couldn't be an actual witch. No, come on. But that is that is what's happening. It would appear to be a literal witch hunt, which it always has been. Trump, for his part, is looking great. Trump yesterday went to East Palestine, Ohio. Pete Buttigieg hasn't been there. Joe Biden hasn't been there. Joe Biden's been too busy palling around with his buddy, Vladimir Zelensky, in Kiev. So he hasn't had time to go visit his own citizens in Ohio after a train derailment poisoned the air and the water in that town. That's that's flyover country. Biden's not going to make it there. So Trump shows up, and Trump, Trump makes a few different stops in the town, one of which, my favorite of which, is in a McDonald's.
2: Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful looking group of people. So I know this menu better than you do, okay? I probably know it better than anybody in here.
0: Why are you visiting today?
2: Well, we brought a lot of people with us, and more importantly, we brought the federal government with us, because uh, when they heard I was coming, they all came. They weren't going to come. They were going to leave you abandoned, and now they're not. Uh, the owner over here, he saw that. I helped out all the responders and everything the yeah, first yeah. week. I was out here making egg McMuffins myself yep. Saturday morning. You did a good with job. these guys. <laughs> he did, he did so, a good job. So give us a nice array of stuff. Take care of the people, and I'll see you later, okay? Thank you, so Thank you all. Thank Can you I get a life. picture with you? What do you yeah, think about okay.
0: This is vintage, perfect Trump. This is the best version of Trump. When Trump shows up, To a McDonald's, and he says, Listen, great to be with you all. I love being here. I know this menu better than you workers do. That's a great moment because it's believable, it's sincere. The guy actually loves McDonald's. Something that people really like about Trump, a lot of the Republican establishment never understood this. They say, How is it that these working class people like this billionaire who was born into wealth and who's been a playboy billionaire his whole life? Because Donald Trump's tastes, are the tastes of regular people. Donald Trump's comportment behavior is the behavior of regular people. Donald Trump's priorities are the priorities of regular people. That's why. Yes, he was born into a lot of wealth. The man actually loves McDonald's and probably knows the McDonald's menu better than most of the workers at that franchise. Yes, Donald Trump was born into wealth and into high society, but For One, he wasn't exactly accepted by the elite society in New York. But even beyond that, his priorities, his affections, his political vision is much closer to the political vision of blue collar workers in the Rust Belt than it is to some guy working at a think tank in Washington, D.C., you see that on trade. You see that on immigration. You see that on national identity. You see that on everything. Okay, so if if Joe Biden showed up here, said, "I'll have, a, give me a triple double large mac, please," you wouldn't believe. You just think, oh, "Joe Biden, this guy doesn't go to McDonald's." But Trump shows up, and he goes, "Hey, everybody, we're gonna have a great meal at McDonald's." That it 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 brings you something in the political scene that you don't see very much, which is it's not just some policy, it's not just some photo op. It's it's. Thumos, its spiritedness, it's a it's a, a sense that this guy, this guy's very essence shares a kind of similarity to his constituents, and that is a very very powerful in politics. Now, if you know if you eat too much junk food, it's probably going to kill you, and when you die someday, you're going to want a will. Right now, go to EpicWill.com/Noles to save ten percent. One hundred percent of people will die someday. That's a fact, according to a recent poll. Sixty-two percent of Americans who think about their own death a lot of the time don't have a will. That's kind of weird. Kind of like being afraid that your house will burn down, but not having homeowner's insurance. Being afraid of drowning, but refusing to wear a life jacket. You need to have a will. I put it off for years, too. Don't put it off any longer, especially with Epic Will. It's so fast to get done. And then you just get that peace of mind, and you know what's going to happen to your stuff and your money, and most importantly, your kids. Creating a will is one of the most important things that you can do to ensure that your belongings and your loved ones are taken care of after you die. Our partners over at Epic Will will help you get set up with a will today for just 119 bucks in as little as five minutes. Epic Will can help you create your last will and testament, your living will, your healthcare power of attorney. Go to epicwill.com slash Knowles. Get my discount code and save an extra 10% on your complete will package. Epicwill.com slash Knowles. 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That is epicwill.com slash Knowles. Donald Trump did not show up to East Palestine empty-handed. Donald Trump also gave a big rally, and he brought a lot of supplies, and he brought a lot of water, as he explained in great detail.
2: Especially thanks some of the incredible people that uh, helped us, because we're bringing thousands of bottles of water, Trump water, actually, most of it. Uh, some of it, we had to go to a much lesser quality water. <laughs> you want to get those Trump bottles, I think, more than anybody else. But we're bringing a lot of water.
0: Love it. This again, the liberals just don't know how to interpret this. There were liberals freaking out on social media. They said, Donald Trump, he's there shilling his water. How shameless is he? He's trying. No, he's not. he's not selling his water. He's not selling it to the citizens of East Palestine. I don't think he sells it, period. I don't think you can go to a grocery store and buy Trump water. Why is he talking about Trump water? I'm sure that's just the water he picked up at his hotels and golf clubs and Mar-a-Lago. So he happened to have that water, and he loaded it on, but it wasn't enough compared to what they wanted to bring, so they brought some other water too. And then Trump goes in and he makes a joke about it. And it's funny, and everybody gets the joke, except for the humorless elite liberals who are still plotting out like Wiley e. Coyote he had to drop the next piano on his head until the roadrunner runs away too fast. Look, we got, we brought a lot of water, brought a lot of Trump water, actually. That's the water you want to get. That's the good water. We brought some much lesser quality water. <laughs> That's still the water that he brought, very generously donated it to East Palestine. But he's just, I, I was really, really gratified to see this in East Palestine. One, because he actually is calling attention to it when when they say what else did you bring he said i brought the federal government is what i brought because no one was paying attention to this and then i'm showing up and now biden has to show up which is good and and that's something that trump has brought to politics ever since he came down that golden escalator so i'm glad to see that the other thing i'm glad to see is it feels like he's kind of getting his mojo back he at his announcement at mar-a-lago it was kind of weak sauce some of the appearances he's been making recently have been just kind of bland they haven't had that trump magic but This was a really great, this was a really great political event. It was good for the citizens. It was good for Trump's campaign. It, it presented him as himself, as this American original. He's the guy who's going to show up and donate a lot of supplies because he's got a lot of money. He's got more money than most of the candidates in the race, at least. Maybe all of them. He's going to, he's going to tell some jokes. He's going to lift some people's spirits. And he's going to seem paradoxically like one of them. There is not one candidate in the GOP field who likes McDonald's more than Donald Trump. And that is a powerful political tool. It seems trivial, but that's a powerful political tool. Speaking of speaking of the water around East Palestine, a grocery chain has pulled water that happens to be bottled near East Palestine. And you might say, why are they doing that, Michael? We've been told by all the officials that the water is totally fine. Remember the EPA administrator comes in and says, that water around East Palestine, you know, where they just dumped a gazillion gallons of chemicals that are extremely toxic and some of which were used as poison gases in World War I? Yeah, no, it's fine. Drink the water. You're you're all good. Then what happens? J.D. Vance, the Republican senator, shows up. He's looking at some water. He throws a rock in a creek, and then everything looks like an oily rainbow. There are clearly so many chemicals in the water. So this grocery store chain, Giant Eagle, is pulling from its shelves bottled water sourced from a facility near East Palestine, Ohio. They say, out of an abundance of caution, Giant Eagle has made the decision to remove all gallon size or greater Giant Eagle brand spring water product sourced from Salineville facility. That's right near East Palestine. Until further notice, until we continue to evaluate ongoing testing and potential impacts to the spring source. The water is obviously poisoned. This is not out of an abundance of caution. This is out of the very bare minimum of caution. Of course, people don't want to buy it. The grocery store chain doesn't want to be on the hook if people get poisoned from this stuff, so they're pulling it. Absolutely right. Yes, this contradicts what we've been told by the EPA administrator, but look at people's behavior. People's behavior is going to tell you very often a lot more than their words are. All the liberal politicians say the water is totally safe, the air is totally safe, but they're not going to show up, are they? They haven't made it there yet to East Palestine. They haven't breathed that air in the two weeks after the the crash, three weeks now. They haven't had that water to drink. The Ohio senator, the Democrat Ohio senator, was interviewed on TV. And he was asked, Sherrod Brown, will you and the other officials in this town drink the water? He evaded the question. No, they're not going to drink the water. They think it's poison. They might tell you they don't think that, but look at their behavior. They might tell you it's not poison. Well, look at the behavior of the grocery store. What does that tell you? It means you can't take what these people say at face value. You've got to conduct your own research, which is something that elite liberals are really upset about. They are really upset that in the last few years specifically, you have been thinking for yourself, conducting your own research, which is very easy to do. Now you can just pull up Google and you can find credible sources, and you can look with your own two eyes and see that reality is contradicting what the liberals tell you. And they don't like that. Sam Harris, who is a typical elite liberal, he is an archetype, for almost. He, he is an atheist, a at least self-styled intellectual, a media figure, a... A person who embraces the mantle of science? He says, he just posted this to his Instagram account. During the pandemic, we witnessed the birth of a new religion of contrarianism and conspiracy thinking, the first sacrament of which is to do your own research. The problem is that very few people are qualified to do this research. And the result is a society driven by strongly held, unfounded opinions on everything from vaccine safety to the war in Ukraine. Do your own research. You people, you're not qualified to do your own research. You have to leave that to Dr. Fauci. He gets everything right. (laughs) Do your own research. You have to leave that to the EPA administrator. They get everything right, don't they? No? Well, what have they gotten wrong recently? Okay, maybe they were wrong about the severity of COVID and the origin of COVID and the efficacy of the masks and the vaccines. We'll get to that in just one second. And maybe they not only were wrong, maybe they actually lied to you in some cases. And maybe they don't even know the difference between men and women. And maybe they're wrong about a lot of things. But you should not do your own research. This is is a paradox of liberalism. And when I say liberalism, I don't just mean modern leftist progressive. I mean kind of the whole liberal tradition going back to classical liberalism. The the whole political ideology that's dominated the last three, four hundred years. The paradox is this. Liberalism tells you to reject tradition, reject prejudice, reject received opinion. Think for yourself. We're not going to teach you what to think, only how to think. You need to be radically skeptical. You need to examine everything yourself. Don't take anything by authority or face value. Reject tradition. Think for yourself. And also, What the liberals will tell you is, don't think for yourself. You're not qualified to do it. The paradox here is that when you reject tradition and when you think that you can know everything that there is to know only through your unfettered reason, you will end up losing both tradition and reason. (laughs) You You will not have tradition to guide you. You'll lose that and you won't be able to think for yourself. The conservatives offer an alternative to that. The conservatives say, don't reject tradition. Don't reject prejudice. Don't reject receiver opinion. Actually, the the people who came before you for the thousands of years of, of your tradition, maybe their accumulated wisdom might be a little more interesting than the random thought you had last night at two in the morning. Maybe there's something you can learn from all of the generations going back millennia, from all of the wisdom accumulated over the ages. And then, think for yourself. Apply all of that wisdom, all of that knowledge, and, and use your own faculties of reason there. The paradox of liberalism is that the liberals who say that they are the most independent thinkers in the world are the least likely people to think for themselves. And this is not just some cheap political shot that I, a conservative, am making about them. Sam Harris, a leading public liberal, is telling you that's what liberalism says. Sam Harris is admitting That that for most people, they cannot think for themselves. That's his view as a liberal. That's not my view as a conservative. And if you look at the liberals who insisted follow Fauci, follow the EPA, follow the WHO, follow, follow, follow for the last three years, and you look at the tinfoil hat conservative conspiracy theorist contrarians, who's been more right? The conservatives, the contrarians, the conspiracy theorist crazy tinfoil hat people have been right statistically 100% of the time. (laughs) And those liberal geniuses following Sam Harris and the rest of these people have been wrong statistically 100% of the time in recent years. Speaking of conspiracy theories, let's just examine a couple of those. Remember, and this is, this speaks to exactly what Sam Harris was talking about. They, these contrarian conspiracists, they question the science on vaccines. These contrarian conspiracists, they question the science on masks. Okay, new study out from George Mason. Examining the efficacy of vaccine mandates citywide. I'm just quoting from the study. You can bleep me if you want to, social media platforms, but this is just what the study says. This is the science. I'm following it. These mandates, the vaccine mandates, imposed severe restrictions on the lives of many citizens and business owners, yet we find no evidence that the mandates were effective in their intended goals of reducing COVID-19 cases and deaths. Researchers evaluated New York, L.A., Boston, Chicago, New Orleans, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. We're talking about a lot of citywide uh, vaccine mandates, rather. They say, we find no evidence that the announcement or implementation of indoor vaccine mandates in the cities listed had any significant effect on vaccine uptake, COVID-19 cases, or COVID-19 deaths. And this is largely consistent for all U.S. cities that implemented the mandate. That's just the vaccine mandates. The vaccine mandates that when they came down, some of us, I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not boasting, I'm not, you know how much I hate to say I told you so, but some of us said, this is bogus, this is ridiculous, don't do this, Fauci's terrible, he's wrong about everything, don't listen to him. (laughs) And then all the really fancy people, all the Sam Harris people said, no, you've got to follow the Fauci people. Okay, we were totally right. We were 100% completely right about the efficacy of these vaccine mandate policies. Furthermore, what about the masks? I always made fun of the masks. They were, all the liberals loved the masks. Many conservatives, self-styled conservatives loved the masks. All the liberals loved the vaccines. Even many self-styled conservatives loved the vaccines. I thought the vaccines were bogus from day one. And I thought the masks were especially bogus from day one. And so, okay, we've now done away with the vaccine mandate. So thank you, George Mason University. How about the mask mandates? Well, I've got the New York Times, no less a liberal source than the New York Times headline, the mask mandates did nothing. Will any lessons be learned? The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illnesses, including COVID-19 was published late last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is its lead author, were unambiguous. Quote, there is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference. Full stop. But wait, hold on. What about N95 masks as opposed to lower quality surgical or cloth masks? Makes no difference. None of it. End quote completely bogus, as we knew. You had to put your little kids in the masks if you sent them to school or daycare. If you flew on airplanes, you had to wear the masks until very, very recently. Until a a Trump-appointed judge shot the whole thing down single-handedly. Otherwise, the mask mandates would probably still be in place. You may have lost your job because of the vaccine mandate. You may have, I'm, I'm sure you know somebody who lost a job. Maybe you had to leave the the service, the, the military service, public health service, maybe maybe your life was really, really wrecked by the liberals who were, they're so smart and they have so much education and they have such white lab coats. And you crazy conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat wearing, t- three tooth having, uneducated rube, irredeemable, deplorable, idiot uncle, was much more correct about all of it. All of it. What do we do in these cases? We have to spike the football. I Remember I said I hate to say I told you so? In this case, we really have to love to say we told you so. We have to spike the football so hard on all of these studies. We have to spike the football in front of the science simps. We have to spike the football so hard in front of Sam Harris, who seems like an amiable enough guy, but who is just wrong about everything. I'm not sure there is a person walking around today more wrong about everything than Sam Harris. Even though Sam Harris, he's clubbable, he's, he sounds erudite, he's so reasonable sounding, but he's not. He's one of the least reasonable people in the country. All of these, all these really nice erudite, institutional, liberal people, They're the ones who led this country off a cliff for three years. and You should never let them forget it. If you've got to pick a side, politics is about groups of people. It's about people. It's the art of inclusion. Let's not forget. Which side are you going to be on? The really fancy elite people or the people inside McDonald's in East Palestine, Ohio, whose government has essentially tried to ignore them. Not forgotten about them, but just desperately trying to ignore them which side are you on? I'm on the side of those people in that McDonald's in East Palestine, Ohio. Not just because it's good for politics, not just because it's a helpful strategy for Republicans to win, but because those people have it more correct. They are right about more things than the liberal elites who run our country. That's, that's the way it goes. The, the medical science, the, the, all that all the, the expert people, They're wrong about a lot. You want to talk about dubious medical science in the UK, the largest pediatric gender clinic is under fire right now because it ignored a psychological problem very closely associated with transgenderism. New book out. It's called Time to Think, The Inside Story of the Collapse of the Tavistock's Gender Service for Children by BBC Newsnight journalist Hannah Barnes alleges that Tavistock, which we've reported on in this show before, it was one of the most notorious transing the kids centers in the UK, that the Tavistock Clinic, which is an NHS facility, public facility in the UK, officially called the Gender Identity Development Service, ignored evidence that 97.5% of children seeking chemical and surgical sex reassignment services who sought transing the kids had autism, depression, or other problems that may have explained their unhappiness. I first was awakened to this fact when I was giving a speech. I forget which school I was giving a speech at. A girl comes up to me and she says, hey, Michael. It It was a speech on transgenderism. And I'd been criticized by all the liberals for saying that transgenderism is delusional and We shouldn't just go about chopping off the healthy organs of children who have other problems. And she said, Michael, thank you so much for saying that. I was gender dysphoric for years, and I really wanted to identify as a boy. And I talked to counselors about this. And she said, Fortunately, I have a strong, good family. It's a good Catholic family, and we have a good priest. And the priest in my family told me, You are not really a boy. You've definitely got some problems, but whatever your problems are, you are not really a boy. So there's got to be some other explanation. And they push back on the doctors who are peddling this gender madness. And they they say, no, there's got to be some other explanation. And what happens? The girl tells me she had undiagnosed autism. And apparently, according to perfectly scientific and credible and journalistic reports, a lot of people, a lot of young people who think that they are the opposite sex have autism or have depression or anxiety or all of these other issues that are not symptoms of gender dysphoria, they are probably more fundamental underlying conditions. And when you treat those conditions, the gender dysphoria is greatly alleviated. That's what this girl told me. And for a doctor to have a troubled kid come in and the kid Comes in and says, "Hey, doc, I've got all these social problems and, and all, all these psychological issues, and and so I think the solution is you should you should pump me full of chemicals, stop my puberty later on down the road, chop off my genitals." The doctor says, "Yeah, that seems like the simplest solution. Okay, okay, go g- get the knives ready. Let's go." That is such insane medical malpractice. We talked yesterday on the show about how a, a detransitioner in Canada is suing her doctors. Great. Sue all these people. Sue them into the ground. Remove their licenses. Keep them as far away from the doctor's office and certainly from the surgical room as possible. Speaking of wielding the politics to this effect, this is the sort of thing you're seeing right now down in Florida. So we talked about how Trump is doing a great job setting himself up for 2024. Here's how DeSantis is doing a great job setting himself up for for 2024. There is legislation being proposed in Florida by a state senator there that would hold businesses responsible for the cost of detransition care. So you you can never really detransition. There are still going to be plenty of physical effects if you pump yourself full of hormones, certainly if you chop off your organs. Uh, But there are certain procedures you're going to have to try to reverse some of the damage. Uh, the, the legislation would force companies who provide sex change treatment to also pay to reverse the sex change surgeries. This is Senate Bill 952. It's called the Reverse Woke Act, filed by Republican Senator Blaise Ingolia. I love this bill. Uh, would make those employers accountable for the full cost of detransition care, even if an individual is no longer working at that company. If If the individual were working at that company and had access to insurance or some stipend to get the transgender surgery, that worker could go back later and say, hey, you owe me money to go back. Ingolia says, woke businesses need to be held accountable when offering to pay for gender-affirming surgeries in other states, such as California, because they are nothing more than political decisions masquerading as healthcare and human resource decisions. The squishes are going to say this is an undue burden on businesses. I say this is actually a great help to businesses, which we'll get to in one second. First, though, folks, you know, it is no secret that the libs hate our country. They want to rewrite history. They vilify our heroes. They omit key details from the historical record, such as the fact that on Christmas night, 1776, General Washington crossed the Delaware River in a sneak attack against British forces after shaving with a Jeremy's razor. Many people don't know that. You're not being taught that in school. That's a sad reflection on our great nation going woke. But like General Washington before us, you can fight back against woke tyranny simply by picking up a magnificent Jeremy's razor during our 30% off President's Day sale. It's time we celebrate history. We don't cancel that history, okay? Okay. You can even see, if you look really closely in the painting, you can see General Washington. He's got his one arm up there while he's crossing the river. And then in the other, kind of just in the back, you can see him shaving with that nice Jeremy's razor. Go to jeremysrazors.com today. Get 30% off any razor, jeremysrazors.com today. The squishes are going to say that this bill in Florida, it goes too far. The government shouldn't be punishing businesses. Well, it's not the business's fault if they have an insurance plan, and the insurance plan then covers the, the transgender surgery. Now some worker's going to go back and sue the business. This is not an undue burden on business, first of all. As Senator, uh, Im, Im, sorry, I'm getting, I want to make sure I pronounce this beautiful Italian name correctly. As Senator Ingolia says, these are political decisions masquerading as business decisions. So this is political. When you've got people in your society lopping off their genitals and pretending to be the opposite sex and receiving protections for that, that's a political matter. That's not just a private enterprise kind of matter. That's first of all. But second of all, in practice, this does not put an undue burden on the businesses. It actually gives a lot of protection to the businesses. Right now, in, a, in a, this unregulated environment where where we say, well, look, if you want to chop your genitals off, that's totally fine. No, Just don't make me pay for it. In that environment, the businesses have to face a choice. Do they have an insurance plan that covers these kinds of surgeries? Do they not? Are they going to face blowback from their employees or from the broader public if they do or they don't? What if, let's say, the business owner has a strong religious, moral, biological <laughs> opposition to this sort of thing, bioethical opposition to this sort of thing, and yet he can't find an insurance company that does not cover the cost of this care. You've seen this sort of issue before with, uh, let's say, a Catholic business or charity wants to get insurance for the, the employees, and yet all of the insurance covers abortions or contraception or all the rest of it. Catholics say, well, we can't do that. That violates our moral conscience. We can't give our money to support that sort of a thing. Well, you can certainly see this here with the transgender madness, where 80% of the country thinks it's ridiculous. Well, what this... Law would do is give the businesses cover and say, "Oh, look, we can't do it. We cannot provide transgender surgery to our employees. The legal liabilities are just too much. Our hands are tied by the government." Mm, Oopsie daisy. Okay, okay then. Sorry, go away. This, this is a great use of limited government. It's not small government, but it's government within its proper limits, and. Certainly, it is up to the the government, which in a self government means the society, to set the answers to certain basic questions like what is a man and what is a woman? If we we can't do that, then we don't have any government at all. Then it's just pure anarchy. And when it's pure anarchy, it's going to end up in pure totalitarianism because someone's going to wield that power if we're not going to do it. So I, I love this law. I think it's great. DeSantis should back it. The rest of the Republicans should back it. I am all about it, baby good for the people, it's good for the state, and it's good for business. Speaking of state houses doing great, great work, the Indiana House of Representatives just passed an amendment uh, saying that state dollars cannot go to fund a sex institute at the Indiana University campus in Bloomington. At Indiana University in Bloomington, there is an institute called the Kinsey Institute. If that name sounds familiar, it's because it's named after Alfred Kinsey, who is considered the father of the sexual revolution. He was a total perv and a weirdo. He's probably most famous for overestimating the number of homosexuals in society, or maybe just inflating the numbers artificially to try to encourage more of a sexually liberated culture, as they call it. But He's a controversial guy for a lot of reasons. One, uh, he was a prolific porn collector. This actually ended up with a Supreme Court case that was not resolved until after he died. He was a pervert. He was just a sex-obsessed weirdo. And he he also investigated children's reactions to sexual molestation. And he interviewed at least one pedophile about this and helped sort of maintain the anonymity of that pedophile and wrote not just about this from a criminal perspective, but actually from a sex perspective, what it was like for the child to have an orgasm. I mean, really, really sick stuff. So he's a weirdo. That that alone should be enough to ostracize him from society and history. But put that aside for a second, because that's going to be one of the big arguments to defund this institute, is that this guy's a total weirdo and we should cancel Alfred Kinsey, which we should. But let's put all the, the ugliest, most hideous, potentially criminal allegations aside for a second let's just ask a basic question. Why should Hoosiers be forced to spend their taxpayer money on some weird sex institute? If the people of Indiana don't want to waste their money paying weirdo academics to poke and prod into weird sexual inclinations, and by the way, in so doing, try to normalize a lot of behavior that's not normal, why should they be forced to do that? Well, because of the pursuit of science. Now, listen, I think we got bigger scientific problems than figuring out how to titillate decadent, depraved people even more. I think we got bigger issues, right? Aren't we on the brink of World War III? Haven't we poisoned the air and the water in East Palestine, Ohio? I think there are better applications of medical science than this. If the Kinsey Institute wants to keep running, it can get private funding, I guess, Or they can just shut it down entirely, which would probably be for the best. But fine, you want to let it keep running. Okay, fine. Why on earth should Hoosiers have to pay for that? How how is it the case that we have reached a moment in liberalism where we are told the people of Indiana absolutely have to give their taxpayer money to let these creeps do sex experiments? This is one of these paradoxes of liberalism. Liberalism, which tells you throw off all the tradition, think for yourself. Actually, you can't think for yourself. Now liberalism says, you have self-government. No kings, no tradition. No, you do whatever you want to do, except for that. Except for you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to choose how to fund sex institutes. You're not allowed to choose your COVID policies. You're not allowed to choose your bureaucrats that actually make all your laws. You're not allowed to choose your foreign policy. You're not, you can't do anything. You're not capable of doing that. But you have self-government. That's another one of these paradoxes of liberalism. In the name of freedom, in the name of liberation liberalism, people become much less free. People were in many ways much freer before the advent of liberalism, classical or modern, than they are today. Defund that institute. Good job. I'm really, I love what these state houses are doing around the country. Now, speaking of foreign policy and speaking of political interest, there was a really, really interesting speech from Vladimir Putin yesterday. And I know we're not allowed to say that anything he says is interesting. We have to say that everything he says is a filthy, dirty, rotten lie. And But that's actually not going to help you defeat Vladimir Putin. That's not going to help anything about the war in Ukraine. And it's not honest. The fact is Vladimir Putin is a very, very sophisticated statesman and political actor. And we ignore that fact and we deny that fact and we pretend every every year we find out, oh, Vladimir Putin, he's got a terminal illness, he's gonna die in two weeks. There's always that propaganda coming out of the West. They've been doing it for 20 years, it hasn't happened. How about we how about we confront the real man and the real threat that he poses? Maybe that'll help us out a little bit more than than our previous policy, which only really seems to have helped Putin and really seems to have weakened the West so far. Vladimir Putin was giving a war address. About now, the the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine, I will translate, or I think actually there is a translator dubbed over in this speech, assuming that many of you don't speak Russian out there. Here is the rationale for continuing the war in Ukraine, according to Vladimir Putin. This is very important.
2: And when we're protecting our
1: interests, our people, when we're protecting our language, culture, our territory
0: everyone, all of our people
1: are defenders of the motherland. And we thank them from the bottom of our
0: hearts.
1: And I congratulate
0: you on the coming holiday, the day of the defender of the the motherland. This is great propaganda. And I've been talking about it for the last two days now on this show. The best propaganda is the kind that's true, or that at least has a lot of truth to it. We think of propaganda as being total lies. When we call something propaganda, we mean to say that's dishonest, that's false, that's a lie. No, the best propaganda is the kind that is somewhat or largely or even entirely true. And Vladimir Putin, he's a master of political propaganda. There are reports out that he apparently filled that stadium with people, or the organizers at least did, who they paid off. They gave them food, and they gave them five bucks or ten bucks. And they said, hey, come in and just wave the flag. And say, But okay, that's politics. That's show business. What does he say? He says that the Russian troops are fighting for our interests, our people, our language, our culture, our territory. That's a very compelling thing to be fighting for. The way that we give speeches in the West, certainly the way that the liberals give speeches, that's actually not the way Trump gives speeches, but it's the way that the liberals and many of the squishy Republicans, they say, we're fighting for freedom. We're fighting for democracy. We're fighting for this abstraction. We're fighting for that abstraction. We're fighting. They always use the language of modern liberalism, pie in the sky isms, Things that seem fairly disconnected from the real lives of real people. Trump really shook that up. He came in and he said, now I'm fighting for people. Okay, i want to lock up the border. I want to, I, I don't want to talk about free trade in the abstract. I want to talk about manufacturing jobs. I want to talk about the rust belt. I want to talk about American interest. When he said, we're going to put America first, that's what he was saying. He's saying, I'm, we're going to prioritize the interests, people, language, culture, territory of the American people over these abstractions. Even language. Think about how many Republicans now don't even care if we have a common language in America. Forget about a common culture. Forget about a common territory. What territory do we have? We don't have a real border. That's very persuasive propaganda from Vladimir Putin. And the West ignores that. And the West refuses to learn lessons about that to our own peril. Now, today is, what is it, Woke Thursday? I don't know. We're getting all the days totally jumbled up. Woke Wednesday is now Woke Thursday. And we, but Mr. Davies tells me that there is a podcast clip from some lib that I absolutely have to listen to. I apparently haven't listened to it yet. The rest of the show continues now. We'll be chatting with you in the creme de la crème, inner circle member block. Go to dailywire.com slash Use code Knowles at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Right now, go to preborn.com slash Knowles. Last year, because of you, Preborn's network of clinics saved over 58,000 babies. Thank you to all who made this possible. We need to celebrate these precious babies. When Charlotte found out she was pregnant, she was seven weeks along. In the back of her mind, she thought abortion was the best solution. She went into a preborn clinic and after hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby on ultrasound, she chose life. Her heart is filled with gratitude for all of you who made this possible. Just 28 bucks a month, Can be the difference between the life and death of a child. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears that heartbeat, it is a divine connection that doubles a baby's chance at life. Let's join together. Help mothers choose life. To donate, dial pound 250, say keyword baby. That's keyword baby or go to preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Preborn fundraises separately for all the administrative costs. So every dollar you give goes straight towards saving babies. Go to preborn.com slash Knowles, and donate right now.